Hello and welcome back everybody to today's installment of the AV Club podcast. And uh, we have special guests today. Uh, I'm, I'm the special guest host, Chance, and joined by special guest Will. Hello. Howdy. And uh, are you ready to just jump into this stuff? Let's do it. We got some fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, so uh, first up, one of the main topics we're going to be talking about is a short film, short film, loose term, uh, that I did on an iPhone. And uh, we're also going to be talking about a expo that you went to. Sorry, I didn't clear this with you very much first. Oh, yeah. Um, I did sound for, they call it the Endorse Expo. Endorse uh, Expo. It was a very big event with some very cool names. So I will talk a little bit about that and how I prepared for something that I was not prepared for. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Uh, but before we jump into that, I've got one quick topic I wanted to go over with you just because I think it's super interesting. Um, it's a little thing that makes me excited, and I hope that I can transfer the excitement to you. <laughs> so I got a new piece of tech, and it's a super simple thing. It's XLR to 3.5 millimeter, both male. Interesting. So what it lets me do is... Uh, Thanks to the handy-dandy iPhone 10 needing a uh, lightning adapter for the 3.5, it lets me go from my phone to my audio interface with my phone. Useful. Not too crazy of a thing. Uh, kind of limited use case. But for me personally, the way I wanted to use it is if I want to listen to a podcast, but I don't want to switch my f headphones away from my computer... I can now do a like mic monitoring thing with my phone going into my interface. So I can be plugged into just my computer, hear my computer audio, and my phone audio. That That's funny. Uh, that type of cable actually ties in a little bit to the uh, expo that I worked. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, we can talk about that in a little bit. But sure, sure. Um, one of those weird specialty cables that sometimes you just need. Exactly. Like the more I've been thinking about it, I just got this from Amazon today. Um, and I've been looking forward to it all weekend. Uh, the more I've been thinking about it, the more I've been realizing like how much I might be able to actually use this. Like it's not limited to just my phone. I could even plug in my laptop through right, my audio right. interface and uh, like, I don't know, play some sick beats on a soundboard for you or something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's something really cool to have, and I got it mostly so I can listen to podcasts a little bit easier at my computer. Right, right. Yeah, that sounds very useful. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is I got a two-foot cable. Um, kind of underestimated how short two feet is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's fine, but I should have gone for like three feet. <laughs> just a little bit more. You live and learn. Right, right. But XLR is easy to connect together so oh true true so i could go get like one of my 25 foot cables yeah and yeah, just and plug it. it in rather than have it too short you have it absurdly too long yeah yeah and i'll just have it all coiled up around my keyboard yeah just a dozen and a half times uh but anyway um i'm going to pull up the ritual short really quick and send you a link to it so we can like watch it together be yeah. at a certain point because uh this has been a project that i made quite a few years ago um 
And do you remember working on it much at all? Yes, I do. Do you remember uh, what your role in it was? Yeah. Uh, you came to me with a little video you and a friend had, had done and just needed some uh, light ambient music. Yeah, yeah. So it was my first time doing a film score. Yeah, right. Yeah, and what a way to kick it off. Uh, I yeah. just about got it. So this was made just for funsies, um, but I, I set some limitations for myself. The biggest one being that I wanted to shoot it on an iPhone, exclusively on an iPhone. Uh, at the time, I think I, I'm pretty sure I had my Canon T5i, but I opted to just have uh, practice in restraint, I guess. Um, right. See what you can do with an iPhone. Uh and I don't know, it, it was like one of those things that you just throw together really quickly just for the hell of it, and it turned out really nicely. Um, one thing I do want to comment on, though, apparently it's a huge cliche to start on a alarm clock going off, and that's what I did. Uh, but yeah, all of, the, all of the sounds were done in post. The music was composed custom by Will, and just overall, I loved everything about this video, so... You and I will watch it real quick. I will drop it into the pa the podcast right now. Uh, audio listeners, there will be a link in the show notes. And uh, we will be right back in a moment. That shot in the medicine cabinet, I've had uh, the idea for that shot for so long. And this is when I was finally able to, like, do it. Right. And I, just, I love how it turned out. Like, I got to do so much with this video. It was very fulfilling. There was no... Fulfilling no real rules you just sort of playing around for the sake of playing around right so. and the montage of him making toast and milk yeah i don't know it's just fun i also very specifically remember this outro yeah why is that the the motorcycle that oh. was just so perfect yeah like i mean obviously that wasn't something i planned somebody with my budget <laughs> yeah didn't uh yeah no i, I... I just remember that being really smooth. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I really like the simple ending to it. Yeah. I mean, I simple. I, it, I, I, the, I, I don't know. I like my video. I'm really happy with my own work. And th I did this shortly after graduating high school, uh, 2015. So pretty early days for me. But it's still yeah. one of the uh, – one of my fondest – experiences with a video so uh what can you tell me about the music like did you um what was the process like for you to like write the score did you have to watch through it a handful of times to get the feel uh yeah i probably watched that three or four times before i even picked up my guitar mm -hmm. and fiddled through something and actually that it's it's a really simple chord progression for the music nerds out there it's a it's just a one four five mm -hmm. one four one five I think technically, but it was a drum beat I pulled up an easy drummer a little loop that I had made and it's it, it's just a simple progression of it slowly builds in dynamics where it's very mm -hmm. simple like noodling and then kind of more strummy at the end yeah but it I don't know it, it felt quaint and it, it I don't feel like it brought too much attention to the fact that there's a twist in the video. <laughs> right, right. And I kind of liked that, where mm -hmm. it was, it, it didn't play into that aspect too much. Right. 
Um, so do you ha- do you remember at all if it was? So I'm sure that I gave you a rough cut to work off of, but uh, did you line up the beats with my cuts, or did I then go in and tweak my cuts with your beats? I think I got some of the. Like I, I feel like I tried to time out the ending about where it was, but as far as like the cuts between shots, I think that was more your end. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the way it should be, at least, is you have maybe a temp score mm-hmm. uh, that to then adjust your edit off of. Right, um, right. Yeah, it's not very typical that like you would do the video cut in full and then get music done. But, I, you know, whatever works, really, yeah. for anybody. Um, I actually fairly recently watched a video on YouTube, uh, but it was through Reverb.com, their channel. And they had uh, somebody take the same, I think, 60-second video mm-hmm. clip, and he wrote a score, four different scores for it depending on what kind of genre the video was going to be. Right, right. So, like, he did a drama, he did a horror film, um, he did one where it's supposed to be, like, a motivational film. Mm-hmm. And it was all the exact same cuts, the exact same video showing. He right. just went about it in totally different ways. Yeah, music is super influential in, like, the overall feel of a piece of media, really anything, music yeah. to... I mean, obviously, music has a effect on how the music makes you feel. Um, it, it brings a lot of the emotion, and right? Really and sets up the, the tone. Dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so more so on the video side of things, like I said right at the beginning of this, uh, it's a cliche apparently to start on an alarm clock. That being said, I don't know if I would necessarily change it because it's a nice progression of how the morning goes. Or if I were to change it, I don't know how I would change it. Um, I'm kind of just watching through it again, and I'm going to comment on as it goes. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I believe we shot this in order just because of how small the project was. Uh, I was just like, okay, here's the rough outline of the rooms we're going to and the things we're going to be doing. So let's just go through all of that. For a bigger deal thing you would do everything in the kitchen first everything in the bedroom first everything in the bathroom at once like etc cetera, etc cetera. Right, right but when you're in every room once to begin with for the most part that's no big deal um while we were watching it uh i mentioned that i really like that shot of the phone my the camera in the medicine cabinet yeah that was an idea that I had for a long time. Like I remember stewing on this for a long time, trying to figure out how I can work it into a video. And uh, it just, it worked out really well in this. I think like, I don't know. I just really like the shot. It, I I could it, gush about this video all day because I, I seriously love it so much. It, it's, it's a cool extra flavor. Mm. Essentially. I, I look at different camera angles similar to, adding in instrumentation with Mm -hmm. a score or any piece of music, it subverts kind of what you're just sitting and getting used to. Yeah. So it it adds, it adds more interest basically. Yeah. And the other thing I like about it is that I was only able to do that shot because we were shooting with my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't probably wouldn't fit. Right. My T5I wouldn't fit in the cabinet at all. I could shove a GoPro in there and that'd be fine, but 
it might be a different look because uh, I'm not super well versed in combining numerous camera types like that. Right, right. Um, yeah, and then the actual rituals part of it itself, the just mourning things. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's still funny to me how it's just a super simple mourning and then like you're doing some sort of satanic ritual. But uh, yeah, I made sure to exclude that shot from my demo reel. Um, and then the final effect that I end on, Connor driving his car away, uh, revealing the text, and then it just so happens the motorcycle was right there at the perfect time, and yeah, I love it. it. It worked out. Yeah. I I did have one question uh, watching it. Uh, was that the actual sound of the door opening and closing? It was not, but it is our door in particular. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Did gotcha. you Did you recognize it? Did it make you remind uh, it, remember home? A little bit. I was like, that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the same squeaky door sound because I've heard it a couple mm-hmm. thousand times. Yeah. But I was like, it, it, it sounds very clear, yeah. especially from that angle. So, like I said, this was all shot on iPhone, but all of the audio was done as a sort of fully ADR. Um, I didn't use the iPhone sound at all. I may have for the motorcycle part. Mm-hmm. Because that's just what it sounds like, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, right, right. But all the other audio, it was done in post. Like the light switch flip. Uh, that, again, it was, I believe, our exact light switch that I took my uh, Zoom H4 in, hit record, flipped the light switch a few times. couple extra takes. Yeah, and then I moved on to get the next sound. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I recorded the video with an iPhone, but I wanted good audio because good audio can make or break a video in a lot of cases, especially low budget indie film type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what people, especially filmmakers are probably thinking about the least. Mm -hmm. They, they care more about a good camera angle, good scene composition, but the audio is kind of an afterthought. Right. And in the case of the uh, kitchen breakfast montage, like, I could have just as easily made that completely silent, but I made sure to get the sound of the fridge opening, him throwing the bread in the toaster, uh, yeah. grabbing the milk, dropping the cap on the floor. Like, all of those are just little things. You wouldn't necessarily notice that that in particular was missing if it wasn't there, but something would feel off. Yeah, yeah. So Less real. Right. So, yeah, just Absolutely. everything comes together it's a happy project and i'm very happy with it if you're not happy with it that's fine i like no, I, it it's I, I, i'm, I'm, I'm talking the work i'm talking more to the audience than anything well, they don't count like it's not i'm not gonna say it's the greatest thing in the world it's just for the limitations it had for how early in my quote-unquote career that i did this i'm very happy with how it turned out and i'm still very happy with how it turned out and uh, the music part of it, the I, I would say the score was top notch. Uh, whoever whoever did the music, it was very good, very good. Yeah, they they did okay. Uh, and I actually just dug through my files. I've got all of the raw iPhone footage from it still. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got all of the raw, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Zoom HD or HDR H four N audio recorded that I did for ADR the Foley work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have just the music track 
So if you ever want that, Will, uh, I could send that to you because I would I, imagine you aren't as ridiculous with your data saving. You would be surprised. I have every piece of recording I've ever done. Oh, so uh, do you still have the finalized uh, mix down of this? I'm 90% sure it's on my hard drive. Oh, wow. Yep. I, I like to hang on to stuff for posterity sh- sake. Me too. Uh, even bands that I've recorded and they've put their EP out, I still have the raw sure. first tracks of everything. Just, sure. Just to listen back. Like, mm-hmm. this is where I came from and look where I am now. Yeah. Started at the bottom, now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, pulling up the music, I listened to that super briefly while we were talking. Um, it, it, it's, it's a good track, and it works it works well on its own, and then combined with the masterpiece that I made, like, I don't know. It, everything, again, like, I could be gushing about this all day, but we've got other stuff to cover. Awesome video, and it was a fun project to work on. And I thank you for your help with it. All right, so uh, what's next up? What were we going to discuss with uh, you, you little busy busy bee, busy worker bee? So as I've mentioned before, I'm currently in school for audio engineering, live sound, all anything to do with recording or performing music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I treat that very seriously, and I, I intend to do a full career about that. So I've been in the career services office at my school quite a bit, especially the last month and a half or two, uh, sending out resumes, trying to get an internship, basically making it clear that I'm treating this very seriously. Right, right. So because of that tenacity, I guess I would say, uh, I was out to lunch with some uh, other students and I got a phone call from Kevin, the career services officer, I think is his title, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he told me about an event called the Endorse Expo being run by this company called Artist Relations. Okay. Uh, he gave me a brief summary of what they do, uh, which is essentially introducing artists to companies so that an endorsement deal can be made. Uh, they work with everybody from... The Devil Wears Prada to Beyonce. Oh, okay. Fairly right, wide range of types of music, and they set up people with guitars, microphones, road cases, mm-hmm. cables, everything. Uh, so they were doing a, an event. Basically, they are they just recently moved from Miami to Nashville for their new or uh, their new office. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to basically show that, hey, we're here. Let's hang out. Let's get some uh, companies coming in to show off some of their newer stuff, get some uh, bigger names in to show these guys are serious about what they do. And uh, as a part of that, they were going to have some artists playing. Uh, mm-hmm. So the expo was actually held at a rehearsal hall here in Nashville called Soundcheck. And basically... They were going to set up a stage in one of the rehearsal halls, uh, have some booths on the side for the different companies, the different vendors, and have some people playing. And they needed somebody to run the soundboard and the monitor board for these performances. Do you happen to know a guy? 
Uh, Kevin was like, hey, I might know this kid who's pretty serious. Uh, why don't I send you his number? And he basically let me know what was going on. I was like, are you interested in that? I was like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that, that night I got a call from Randy at Artist Relations. He runs that business, and he gave me the rundown on who could who was uh, set up to be there. Uh, I got to meet a ton of people there, uh, a YouTuber that I've watched for last couple of years in regards to production. Um, and I ran a soundboard for, uh, I think it was a total of four artists perform oh, wow. that day. And, uh, once I talked to Randy, he, he brought up that, Hey, if you want to bring in an extra person to help out, it could be as simple as all they'll do is plug in cables or they could need to run the monitor board, which mm-hmm. ended up being the case. So I'm very glad I got one of my other, uh, co students. They, they uh, kept referring to him as my colleague. Is it another uh, super go-getter, or was it just whoever was available? Uh, he's a, I consider him a go-getter. Uh, he treated this very seriously. I work with him a lot uh, in class and mm-hmm. spend a little bit of time with him outside of class as well. His name's Marcus. Um, but I gave him a call the next day and said, hey, here's the situation. Here's what I know about it so far. It looks like it's going to be a long day because we were going to be there at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, artists were going to start playing at 12:30, and then actually after that, uh, our school does what they call the live lounge, where they have musicians from the school perform at a downtown bar just to get their name out, and they get professional photography done, and we record the show live. Right. Uh, we ended up actually as soon as we were done at the endorse expo we went downtown and we ran sound for live lounge for the Jeez. end of the night so it ended up being 9 a.m to about 11 30 p.m that's uh, a pretty done. full day it was a full day uh the good news is the endorse expo was a paid gig for us <laughs> um we got to use all sponsored equipment i uh-huh. used lewitt microphones and whirlwind cabling and they were running 64 audio in-ear monitors basically headphones for the musicians right right um and yeah it was a really cool really cool event i learned a ton uh it did not go 100 percent smoothly there were some hiccups uh, right mostly because after talking to randy a little bit uh the next day he sent me what rooms we're going to be in for the event which halls at the rehearsal space we mm-hmm. were getting <clears throat> and uh, it was going to be running a soundboard I have never used before. Uh, it was one I had heard of, I was familiar with. It, it was a Avid Venue SC48 is the model. Uh, very digital board, um, not what I'm used to. I use, on in my own personal uh, area, I use a Persona Studio Live, which is mm-hmm. kind of digital, kind of analog, but there's not a lot of menu scrolling. This one had a full-on computer keyboard and mouse with a screen. So for those of us who don't know, uh, what is menu scrolling? Uh, basically, if I wanted to change parameters like EQs or compression or overall level for the signal coming in on a channel, 
I, rather than having knobs to do it, I had to press a lot of buttons, go through different pages on the computer screen, more clicking than knob turning, I guess is the best way to describe it. So on yours is the more clicking than knob turning or on the new one? Uh, mine's a lot more knobs. It's, it's more analog styled. Uh, the venue SC48 is very much a digital system. Okay. Uh, so I had to pull open patch bay diagrams on the computer to assign different channels mm. to different faders on the board. Um, they also sprung something on me as we were setting up that they were going to live stream the event on Facebook. Uh-huh. And they were going to take an audio signal from the board. Right, right. I've never done anything like that before. Uh, so actually, when you mentioned that cable earlier, what we ended up having to do, it, it was through Sling Studios was the company that did the streaming. And they use a little, it looks like a modem, essentially. Mm-hmm. And they connect an iPad to it. They're able to do different video uh, or camera angles live as it's being streamed. Mm-hmm. The issue, though, is the only audio input was a 3.5 millimeter port. Gotcha. Big honking consoles like that venue that I was using, uh-huh. they don't have anything close to that. Right. So we ended up having to, I talked to the guys at Soundcheck. They were super helpful, by the way, going from explaining what the board does, basic parameter settings, uh, all the way to finding a string of adapters and cables to take a <laughs> the cable end up being a uh let me remember this right a female xlr out to a trs like quarter inch jack like guitar cable style mm. going to a female out of a trs to a 3.5 millimeter cable so is that four steps including the start and end yeah yeah if i'm remembering correctly uh it, it was quite the Jerry rig system. Yeah. I uh, would I would argue like the points of how bad that can be just because of like how many points of failure there can be when you have adapters on adapters, but when it's something that's just gonna be used for live streaming to Facebook. Eh? Yeah, yeah. It ended up working out fine. Mm-hmm. The other big issue is I had no way of monitoring that outgoing signal. Sure, sure. So I basically set up uh, what was called an aux on the on the board, where I would send a little bit of every signal, every channel to that aux, and mm-hmm. that was the output. Auxiliary track is mm-hmm. what that stands for. Um, and I basically had to listen to the guy running the iPad for the channel or the camera switching. He had headphones in, little Apple EarPod dealios. And AirPods? AirPods, yes. Uh, and he had to tell me, yeah, the vocals seem a little hot. Uh, the drums aren't coming in very clearly. And I'd have to make adjustments based on that. Was that just making adjustments for his live stream? Or was that also what you were going off of for like the in-house? No, audio? that was just the live stream. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I was stood. Uh, basically, the rehearsal hall was set up. The stage, as it were, was clear on one side. And it was just a long... Uh, a long room and I was on the other side up against a wall. Right. Uh, so I had the main PA front of house speakers pointing at me. So I was able to get the, the house mix just fine. Oh, but gotcha. as far as what was going to Facebook, I had 
no idea besides right, what right. he was able to tell me. And as he told me straight off the bat, he's not an audio guy. <laughs> he, he's okay. a computer tech person. So that's that was his area of yeah. knowledge. So it was a lot of trying to translate to each other so that we understood what was going on uh, to get the best sound possible. Uh, I never heard any complaints after we got the first 20 minutes of testing out right. of the way right. before he actually went live. But, yeah, uh, I had Marcus running the monitor board, which was the exact same console. Basically, uh, there was a stage box next to the rehearsal stage. We plug all the microphones in there, and then that split off one side going to the front of house board, the other side going to monitors. So we both got the exact same signals. Mm -hmm. He controlled what the the band heard through the, the floor monitors, the wedges in front of them, and I would control the main PA, front of house system. Gotcha. Uh, Marcus has never run live sound before in his life. Mm -hmm. So he was quite stressed out, but we talked through everything we could. Um, and other this, than one little hiccup with uh, one of the monitors not working as much as we wanted it to, uh -huh. it, it went off fine. All the bands went on on time. Uh, and, yeah, everybody said it sounded good. So Good. Uh, so you mentioned that you talked over things with Marcus. I, I'm just curious for me. I'm a super over explainer when I yes. have the knowledge and I'm trying to teach somebody how to do something. Are you yeah. the same way? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I probably do it definitely to a fault to the point where they're going to start tuning out the new information I'm trying to give them. But yeah. I'd rather at least have made the effort than be putting them in, in a position where they just have to fly by the seat of their pants because I've been right, in that right. spot before my first time directing a uh, hockey game at the Coliseum. It was, Hey, the most senior people here who know how to direct, they're not available. You're the only person. Here's like 10 minutes of uh, learning how to do it and go. Yeah, yeah. It was a train wreck. And so I don't want people in that position and i right right and yeah. i was i was going in the same way i thought to myself what's the worst things that could happen what are the issues that we mm -hmm. could run into what are the questions that i would ask if i were in his spot right right and to his credit he was very attentive uh if there was something he didn't quite understand he was like oh go back explain that a little bit more mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's test something out i walked through uh, to each of the microphones for the, the singers and did like mic checks to make sure the monitors were working right. Um, yeah. And like I kind of mentioned earlier, I have never used that board before. So mm -hmm. the second they sent me an email saying, this is what the setup is. I was immediately on YouTube. I was on Avid's website, researching, mm -hmm. watching tutorial videos, setup videos, everything I could. Right. Right. And I had a pretty good grasp on how the system worked. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of things that board could do that I didn't utilize, but for what we were doing, it we got it under control. We made it work, got some money out of it. We learned a ton, and yeah, overall it was a great experience. Yeah. I, I got to meet. Uh, I'm terrible with names, so. Uh, I'll just say the guitar player from Three Doors Down was there. Oh, cool. Talked to him for a little while. 
Um, one of the guys who runs Lewitt Microphones, which is a really cool, fairly new microphone brand. Uh, he was there, talked to him a ton. Uh, I mentioned him earlier, uh, the YouTuber, his name's Glenn Fricker. Um, he does mostly metal music production. Um, talk, he, he showed up at the end. I had a really great conversation with him. Um, told him how influential he was on mm -hmm. my career path. Uh, and he seemed to like that. <laughs> he, he was happy to hear that. And he's yeah. all the way from Canada. So just so having, happens today is Canada day. Yeah. <laughs> Random a. drop in, but <laughs> dating the video. Mm -hmm. He only said a once I will point out. Oh, huh. <laughs> and he never once apologized. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure how Canadian he really is, but right. It might all be a ploy. Yeah, yeah, he's faking it. Uh, but, yeah, we talked about microphones. We talked about recording drums because that's what I've done the most of in my mm -hmm. recording career, as it were. And, yeah, overall, it was a great experience. And I went home after both of these live events, and I passed right out. <laughs> that that was a very long day. Right. <laughs> but very rewarding. I right, think I right. learned more that day than any single uh, semester at school, not mm -hmm. to discredit the school any, of course, but there yeah. was, it was so hands-on, so high stress. Right, right. You can't make a mistake because there's people there with a lot of money tied up in this mm -hmm. situation. You, you can't make a mistake. You right. have to keep rolling with it. Something right. doesn't work, figure it out because nobody else there was going to help us because there was nobody there to help. Yeah, and that's something that I've definitely uh, learned a lot through doing live events, anything from the weddings I do to, uh, like I said, the hockey game that I directed my first time. Um, with how live works, you have to know what you're doing as early in advance as you can so you can try to plan around specific things. Yeah. But it's also like you need to take things in stride, learn as you're doing, and be able to adapt to whatever the hell happens. Like. Yeah. Like you were saying, you couldn't have necessarily planned for having four adapters to feed to an iPad to live stream. But yeah. fortunately, you had your wits about you and could pull together a solution. And maybe we figured it out, made yeah, it work. Right. And maybe that just involves asking a lot of questions to the right people or a few questions to the right people. But mm -hmm. it's at least knowing like, the points of. Uh, contact for those kinds of things like for the most part you're always going to have somebody a little bit higher up than you that you can always refer to for some of the bigger questions or somebody to the side of you that might have gear that you don't have right but, um, right yeah the more independent you can be with those things uh, and it sounds like you did perfectly fine like i i wasn't there i'm sure it sounded great though uh yeah uh, i would have liked to be there be cool to hear yeah uh the Big takeaway after the event, uh, even when it was done and everybody, all the guests had left, all the vendors had left, I, Marcus and I and a couple of other interns that they had in from the school, we stayed and we packed up their van and their truck and mm -hmm. made sure they were all set to go. Even sure. though the event was over and they gave us the go-ahead to leave, they had already paid us, there's nothing keeping us there, but we stayed there and put in the extra effort. Mm -hmm. And I think that really paid off because yeah. after talking to those guys, we were told you need a letter of recommendation for anything. 
hit us up. Mm-hmm. You need artist pricing for some of this gear? Hit us up. They they showed us like a six hundred dollar microphone. They're like, you tell us that you want this, we'll get it to you for less than four hundred. Jeez. Yes, sir. You got it. <laughs> right. And and it's another thing where they're that's an annual event now. Now that they're here in Nashville and they're gonna have a full on office, they're gonna do that every year. And, and they already you've have made a name. good impression. So Yeah. They have my email, they have my mm-hmm. phone number. Right. They can hit me up and say, Hey, you ready for round two? Yeah. I'm more yeah. prepared than ever. So it, it's one of those things. It was a simple contact just because I was constantly in that career services office talking to Kevin, telling him what I was wanting to do. He had something come across his desk, and he's like, I know the guy for that. And mm-hmm. it, it paid off in, in spades for us. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully uh, it definitely does turn out to be a repeat thing for you yearly because I remember the first time – there was a project that I super enjoyed being a part of. Uh, it was finished. It was going, uh, annual thing that they happened to have me on for one year. And then uh, like 10 months later, I remember getting an email. It was like the subject line was seriously ready for round two or something like that. And I just immediately lit up because I was so yeah. excited to one, be working with them again. And two, have another solid experience of like doing the same thing, but kind of different. Right, right. It's it's those simple experiences, those little mm-hmm. networking situations you find yourself in, mm-hmm. and it, it can pay off. Uh, you, you don't know who your next job is going to be from. Right. And one more thing to hit on is that um, if somebody contacts you for a round two or for a subsequent project at all, um, definitely means they liked your work the first time. So it's a good ego boost, too. It makes you feel better yeah. about everything that you've been doing. So You must have done something right. Right, right. Otherwise, they wouldn't waste their time. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add about the expo? Uh, nothing about that. Uh, I will also put in that uh, Summer Nam is going on this weekend here in Nashville. Um, okay. I'm not 100% on what NAM stands for, but essentially it's every music company in the world meets up twice a year, once in Anaheim, California, once here in Nashville, and they show off the new equipment that's coming out that year. Uh, guitars, amps, drums, mm-hmm. stands, uh, cases, everything. And uh, also through my school, I was able to get a free pass to that uh, what was that, yesterday, I think? Nice. Yes, yes, yesterday. So I went to that, and I got to walk the expo floor and ran into my old buddy, uh, Glenn Fricker. And oh. he, he remembered me from the expo event, which was a huge uh-huh. boost to my self-confidence. Right. Uh, didn't get to talk to him quite as long because it was a busy event, and he was there for his own career. But... Yeah, it, it was a cool experience and got to meet even more people hmm. and got to sit in on Pensado's Place, which is a uh, basically a podcast run by Dave Pensado, who, if you've never heard of him, you've heard his music. He's a mix engineer, and he does uh, about 250 mixes a year, 250 Jeez. songs a year, and it's basically everything that's on the top 40. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Katy Perry, Rihanna. I think he's done Taylor Swift several times. Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake. Um, all the Michael Jackson re-releases that have been coming out the last decade or so. Hmm. He's done those. Uh, yeah. If, if you listen to Top 40 Radio especially, you've heard his work. And hmm. he, he gave a... There was a live podcast, essentially, where he just talked to a bunch of industry vets and yeah it's another cool experience yeah sounds like it i pulled up the site for the summer nam and yeah that looks like a really cool thing yep it's held downtown uh every year and it's been a dream of mine to go and as soon as they i got an email from the school saying hey dave pensado has given you a code for a free pass do you want to go already <laughs> filling out the form yep don't have to ask me twice and hopefully I go again next year. It won't be through the school, but maybe it's as a invited guest. It, you'll be the next person who's uh, making the world's top 40 songs <laughs> next year. So well, yeah, get yeah. on it. I'll, I'll start working on that. <laughs> uh, see if I can set up some contact with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. She's on tour right now. She might be a little busy. Probably. I'll, I'll mix Lord's next album. How about that? Okay, I'll let you know in five years <laughs> when that's coming out. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, until Lord's next album... Well, actually, no. We are not taking a five-year hiatus. I will take yeah. that back. Uh, in the meantime, before you become the next Top 40 mixer and whatnot, uh, we'll be uh, here next time with more of the av club podcast the audio and the video i pointed to the wrong people for that but that's okay um so yeah that's all from us today thank you all for tuning in and the club is now dismissed bye once again that is going to do it for us for this week's episode of the av club podcast as said in the first episode this is a backlog episode So this is episode number two officially of the podcast, and you can find the show notes at chancecs.com slash avc slash two. You can also find your show notes in your podcast app of choice, or if you're watching the video on YouTube in particular, you can find them down below. 